Nelita Pinion, a new-to-me author, but not new to the world. She was recommended to us as one of the top short story writers out of this Latin America book that we've been reading. I'll leave a playlist to other stories out of this as we cruise through this. And uh, yeah, Crypto, (laughs) big intro to her, right? Big intro. Wow. Wow is all I can say. You read the title and you're thinking, all right, this has got to be a comedy, right? Because it's kind of a funny title, Big Bellied Cow. And nope. Nope. Emotional tearjerker to the extreme. Get ready, yeah. folks. It's a roller coaster. If you were pitching this story today, like, hey, I'm going to write about a man and his cow. And then you just stopped right there. Like, <laughs> I need to stop you right there, sir. Is this an uh, is this an episode of South Park or what? <laughs> yeah, the, the plot is not there, but there's there's something so magical about her storytelling because I've been thinking about this because if you think about the plot, it's basically man purchases a cow rather unemotionally, right? Raises the cow, breeds the cow, takes care of the cow. And then ultimately the cow dies and buries the cow. Like that's, that's the plot of what happens in the story. And I thought about how do we approach this when we talk tonight because, you know, you, on this channel, we like to discuss the bigger meanings and stuff like that. I think I think we start with the 800-pound gorilla. I was going to see if we were going to dance around this to see if you <laughs> picked up on this to see, you know, hey, am I just saying this or is it there? But I'm just going to throw it out. Here's the 800-pound gorilla. Is there an allegory in this story? If so, what is it, Crypto? Uh, I, I guess friendship. That that's that's It has to be that, right? What is the meaning of friendship? What what classifies friendship? Yeah, there's there's something deep there where it's hard to put words behind. Like there's something that she pulls off where the way the man cares about another creature, feeds it, takes care of it, spends time with it, breeds it, uh, ultimately, you know, buries it. You could see that as friendship. You could see it even almost as romantic, like in terms of loving someone and taking care of them. Like it's hard to pick a word, but you know that there is care and nurturing being injected from this uh, farmer with no expectation of return, right? Like this isn't, this isn't a two way street per se, other than the fact that he gets what he wants out of the relationship. And that's where the most beautiful friendships are, right? I don't know what you view as the most beautiful friendships, whether you're thinking of like, I don't know, Pride and Prejudice, whether you're thinking of Lord <laughs> of the Rings in terms of, uh, you know, like the, the Tooks and such. But th- there's just something magical about when people can just exist and love being in that moment without expectations of what they need in return. I think it comes down to this allegory of man and beast, right? Of what was that first friendship of us distinguishing different from the rest of the Andal kingdom. And we know that we're different. And we made that friendship with those wolves that became our dogs. And then eventually, you know, we settled down, mastered farming in the land, and we started domesticating the animals. And when that friendship ended and they became our, our food, our clothes, everything else, that relationship was broken. And this story is repairing that relationship it's putting back humans with our humanity and with nature and that this man realized that that there was more than just this cow providing him and his family it provided him with a 
emotional bond that maybe he didn't have with anybody else in his family. And I can relate to that because, you know, I lost my dog a couple of years ago and like that little dog was my best friend besides my wife. But like even so, like I had a different relationship, you know, with my, you know, my little Frank than I did, you know, with my wife. And I think that says something a lot that it doesn't matter if it's a dog or it's a cow. It's just it's that relationship. And I would say the narration backs that up, right? Like we've got these quotes where it says something like that. Big bellied cow, big bellied woman, big bellied dog. Isn't it all the same thing? Like we can see how the narration even kind of like blends together these relationships. Like what is it that we care about and want in life? You know, and at the end, in terms of the burial, even the wife, which, you know, if you look, the wife is only mentioned three times in this whole narrative, right? And the idea that she's just like, honey, what are the neighbors going to say? Do you really want to bury this? Like, we're treating this thing as family, as a person. So I think I think there's enough in this story to back up the argument that that we're treating we're treating this animal that way. Um, one thing I noticed was that the beginning when he purchases a cow without feelings, right, without care, and then it ramps up from there. What do you think that is? What do you think what do you think that that implies? I think it shows his compassion and I think that he realizes that when he bought this animal, he feels a little bit of a guilt because like he's buying a living thing and that is a little bit weird, right? Like you quote own your dog, you own your cat. That's kind of strange because it's a living thing and we think of owning living things if it's not, you know, an animal is bad, right? That's that's slavery. That's yeah, not if you good. own your wife, that's <laughs> offensive, right? Yeah, like right. You know, if you own another person, you know that that's that's bad. Um, and so I, he he seems to like have some remorse of like, oh, I had to buy this thing, like, and this is a living creature that probably has feelings. And he like looks at the cow, and like the cow's like looking back at him, and he's like, what is that thinking? And then as this relationship continues on he has to go breed the cow and he feels terrible about that because he's basically forcing this cow to have children for him to better his own family and that this cow then has to nourish those children and you know its body is stressed and deformed because this man forces the cow to do these things and he feels regret this whole time and i think that's what's bringing out these feelings and these emotions to him that you know this is a living creature and it it should be respected as it says in the story it literally says there every living creature should be respected and i think he's coming to that realization slowly over time okay okay you know it's kind of like when you first meet someone you most people like you'll be nice, but but you don't care about them per se, right? Like this man inherits this cow and has to care for it. He doesn't actually care about it. It's an investment, a thing at that point in time is perhaps, you know, to add on to that narrative. And it's like only through the interactions with it and the way that they care or nurture for each other. Only then does that breed some type of of emotional reaction within the farmer. So it's kind of like time and experiences invested into something can almost result in a stronger friendship bond and acceptance right and willingness to do it like you said w- without any expectation in return that that's going to be the the key core of any good friendship or relationship you and i accept each other for our good and our bad you and i accept 
you know, you're a planner, I'm a slacker. But we also accept each other, you know, uh, of those good and bad things, and we're fine with it. And and then that makes it who we are, and it makes our our relationship unique as well. Because your acceptance might slightly be different of my acceptance of, you know, how my or how my wife accepts me, and that makes our relationship unique and that's special. And I think that if you grow that and nurture that. That's something that you don't want to give up. And when the cow dies, the guy's heartbroken because he has no other unique relationship like this one with any other creature on the planet. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And and like you said, in terms of the uniqueness, like in this story, it's a story about the man and the cow. Right. And, and like we said, the, the, the wife's only mentioned three times. I think that's on purpose. Right. We're supposed to distance from the family. We're supposed to distance from everything except this this singular relationship. And I think that's what's really masterful about the storytelling is even if you're like, wow, I just read it as this man really likes this cow, grew to like it and cared for it. That's fine. Right. You came. What well, This is what's interesting. Reading it just on the surface, you come away with the exact same purpose and meaning of nurturing and caring, resulting in this relationship and bond and ultimately grief as if you viewed it as an allegory for relationships between people. Right, the investment and the time getting to know someone, which ultimately results in grief when you have to say goodbye to them. That's what's really strong about the comparison is you come to the same conclusion in both views of the story. Do you also think too, as I reflect back on the story, the man and it said, and correct me if I'm wrong, at some point he basically had to force his family to go to the cow's funeral with him because he wanted to respect the cow as somebody as part of the family. The cow had provided probably milk. The The cow had provided calves. And the rest of the family, I felt like, was kind of written to the way of they were dismissive of it, that it was just a piece of property. And I think that a lot of people could probably relate to that of maybe you have this relationship in, in your life that you feel is very, very impactful or you have this relationship that is important for your own personal well-being and it's something that nurtures you that your rest of your family can't relate to they don't understand and that you're like you almost have to force them into like good like look this is good for me you should realize that and if you don't then you're in the wrong oh absolutely and i think it goes back to your earlier point of the bond he had with the cow was unique and you must respect it and you must understand it. And it's it's the way that when he told them, you know, you, you saw the reaction on their faces, the narrative describes. And it's like the the furtive dis, you know, obedience that he's seen before. Right. They, they give in because they're like, OK, this is this is important to him. It's his unique relationship. So absolutely. <laughs> and uh, a great story. So, you know, I, I'm going to put this out here that I think that this is probably this might be one of the stronger stories we read this month as we go through, if you didn't know, National Hispanic Heritage Month. Uh, we, we're picking this book along with some other reads where we're going through it. I, I think this might be one of the stronger ones that we put out there. Agreed. Yeah. Great story. Great little piece. It, it wowed me that a man and his cow could evoke such emotion. And like I kept thinking about, you know, my past animals and yeah, like I missed my dog and I missed my chickens. <laughs> All right, guys, let us know what you thought of this story. Playlist down below to check out more talks on this book. Peace out. My name's Minuna. Peace. <laughs>